Hello and welcome to The Mummer's Farce, the podcast about the visual production of HBO's Game of Thrones. I'm Dan Solberg. And I'm Kate Berry. And today we've got a little bit of a different sort of episode that we're going to record. Uh, instead of looking at a couple episodes from the current season, we just last time wrapped up season one, a finale, and now we're getting ready to jump into season seven, the new season. Are they even putting a number on this? I, I feel like they are, maybe? Oh. I guess just to keep it clear, I think I'm seeing season seven, although it's complicated with a shorter amount right. of episodes. It was unclear if there was this was technically season seven, part one, or if the next one will be eight. Either way, the new season starts on July 16th. Yay! And uh, we wanted to, since we've got an extra week here in between, uh, rather than starting another pair of episodes from season two, um, let's uh, get excited in anticipation for season seven. So... Uh, Today we're going to go over some of the promotional materials, some of the lead-up, some of the speculation about uh, this coming season. So what do you think about that? It looks like a really good one. Um, And I want to apologize. I'm getting over cold, so I sound a little bit like Maggie the Frog right Mm -hmm. now. But um, hopefully um, by next week when we're talking about the new episode that I will be totally well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in anticipation for this one, we both checked out all of the official trailers. They put out the official teasers and the trailers. Um, Another kind of promotional event they did with the the date, the release date reveal, as well as some of the uh, promotional stills and posters and whatnot that they've put out as well. So that's the stuff we're going to be talking about. Yeah. Um, so no, no uh, one director at the helm today. Uh, but uh, still, we're going to keep our same kind of conversations going. So I guess first of all, maybe we start out with the uh, the ice melting. <laughs> now you actually brought this to my attention, so why don't you uh, introduce what exactly we're talking about here? Uh, sure. So uh, the ice melt was a uh, an event that uh, was on uh, I think originally on on YouTube, and it was uh, just a huge block of ice with something uh, frozen in the middle. And uh, people were told that if they t- typed fire into the comments, that then a blowtorch would blow and melt the ice. And it had some technical difficulties. I think 10 minutes in, it sort of shut down. And then when it came back up, um, people got really frustrated that it was taking so long. Um, so they were typing fire furiously. And then they were told that if they wrote Dracaris, then they would get two uh, mm. um, blowtorches. And uh, eventually, after a long time, um, the ice melted. But you also have these really sad encouragements from Bran, uh, Bran, Cersei, Brienne, and Jamie that are like trying to tell people to to type faster. I don't know that it was a totally successful stunt. I think a lot of people got bored watching the ice melt. But uh. eventually, um, it re- it showed the release date, and the final uh, shot is. The, the date and the melting ice, some fire, and then also, I think, um, a CG green flame, like wildfire fire yeah. at the bottom. Um, mm-hmm. So I I didn't, I, I was aware when it was coming out and I watched the melting ice for a little bit. I didn't bother typing fire, but um, yeah. So I think that was the first thing. I don't know that it was anyone's favorite thing, <laughs> but. I, I like the idea of it and it is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Um, also, like, yeah, particularly like Bran and Cersei, the actors and that the actors uh, chiming in is like speaking in hashtags. Um, yeah, although I thought Gwendolyn Christie's was the most charming that she well, makes. She's, 
wearing amazing glasses. And and she <laughs> makes some allusions to a potential relationship with Tormund Giantsbane. Mm. So that hers I was happy to see, but everyone else's they just look a little hungover and yeah. like kind of, like they're being forced to do it, which I'm sure they were. Yeah. It's like they rec- and also it's like they recorded in webcam of like their laptop. Yeah. Like Oh hey, we forgot. Uh, we know you're not on set, but could you pipe in for you know thirty seconds and say this thing? We we wrote your lines for you. Please do it. <laughs> it's in your contract. You have to. Um, <laughs> but the actual uh, torches on the ice. I don't know. It's silly. It's it's kind of fun though. It it's it reminds me of that uh, the artist uh, that we had come visit campus here this past year, uh, Wafa Bilal, who did mm. this uh, really amazing artwork uh, that was actually a really biting commentary on like this piece, which is just silliness, um, where he would uh, allow people to uh, to essentially, instead of blow torches, they were paintball guns set up and he was in a, in a gallery um, residency. Mm-hmm. And so he would people could, would, could shoot at him and sort of it was this back and forth with the audience sort of thing and um, had a lot of commentaries going on with the Iraq war and sort of uh, drone warfare and this kind of stuff happening too. Yeah. And, and so this is kind of using similar tech, but again, for like a goofy date reveal. Right. And they also, they only, I think they have about three camera shots, one straight on and one uh, to the right and looking uh, at like a low angle shot and one to the right as a high angle shot. Mm-hmm. And they just keep zooming in and then they'll go to camera two and then they'll start zooming in and mm-hmm. then they'll go back to camera one <laughs> so it was just it was pretty repetitive but eventually it released uh it showed the release date and we were all glad that game of thrones was coming back yes and we finally had a date even though delayed from where we were in the previous years yeah. definitely like further back um they say for shooting in winter scenes i don't know we've seen a little bit of that in trailers we'll, we'll see how much of it feels justified yeah <laughs> Yeah, and pushing us to, to wait even further. Maybe they were waiting on George to actually write something. <sighs> Man. That seems a fool's errand at this point. I know, and I, I was a fool. I was so convinced that Winds of Winter was going to come out this mm-hmm. winter. I was like, he's going to get it out before the, the last two seasons of the show, and they're, they're going to release it in winter because it's Winds of Winter, and mm-hmm. they're going to want to like put it out before Christmas. And I just I kept waiting yeah. and waiting, and I'm still waiting. Yeah, because this coming season is probably going to be, would have been the last chance, I feel like, for George to write new material that, like, some of this might show up in the season. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we've gotten pretty far at this point uh, in the, in in sort of the written material, pretty much just about through everything. There's been a few things kind of coming back that, particularly in this last season, there was some stuff even from, like, book four and whatnot that was kind of coming back into the fold, but... We've kind of mined about all that stuff that there is. I imagine that some they'll be able to take some of Euron's story mm-hmm. from stuff that already exists, and maybe it'll it'll just be taking place like further forward in time yeah. than in the books. But other than that, yeah, I think we're pretty much at the end. Mm-hmm. So you know that was the date here revealed in the ice block. Um, it was goofy. It's kind of fun, <laughs> um, but yeah, of course, and all these trailers are setting up this. Song of Ice and Fire, Ice and Fire, this sort of the two diametric opposites here. Um, not that necessarily there's something the most profound to be thought of there, but the, but there it is. Um, you know someone thought it was really cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Someone was someone got a chance to play with, with some blow torches and... <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. Um, so we have the first uh, teaser trailer here. We got a couple teasers. 
that uh, you know we sort of designate these from trailers proper in that they're more of tone pieces. Um, usually they're involved in sort of uh, laying out some other kind of ancillary information like a release date or something mm -hmm. like that. It's sort of a reveal at the end and you don't necessarily get a ton of details from them as to like what's actually going to be happening in the story. But um, the first one we have is this kind of uh, abstraction. We don't see any of the characters from the story. And in fact, we have a lot of, I think they're all actually repeated phrases that we've heard previously in the story mm -hmm. as we sort of see panning a camera around uh, a bunch of digital models of uh, stone animals that are the sigils of the houses. So it starts with the Targaryen dragons who are then brought down by a Baratheon stag, which is then eaten by a Lannister lion. And then we have a Stark wolf in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, start to see the, the Greyjoy kraken, mm -hmm. um, which is then covered with Tyrell thorns. Mm -hmm. Um, which then incredibly dramatically is is melted in a in in a green flame of of wildfire. Um, I think a Mormon bear There's shows up. A Mormon up boar in there at some point for no reason. They don't, they don't <laughs> even have a Liana line in there. It's just there's a bear. <laughs> I mean, and it looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> but um, and then uh, the the coolest thing is that they they all from stone sort of turn to ash and break apart, and the the. They break into the spiral symbol that's, we, I don't think we know the significance yet, but it's yeah. related to White Walkers. Yeah, creation of the White Walkers and perhaps still in use for something. Mm -hmm. We don't know. And uh, and then it it uh, pans out into a, a blue eye. And yes. so I, I really liked that one. I thought it was, I thought it summed it up nicely. Mm -hmm. It was it was definitely showing the, the cycle of, you know, each each house kind of taking over the other trying to to win the throne but then hey it, what does it matter they've got this sort of threat uh that's going to decimate everybody and you know we get a very similar ending in the second teaser as well both sort of wrapping up with this uh look from the eye of a white walker we mm -hmm. sort of like just pan out and that's where we are we're inside of the eye of the All, white walker although the second teaser trailer did you see whose eye it is well it seems like well who is it <laughs> well i think uh you've got what looks like the sort of sloping brow and giant nose of a giant and mm. it's probably woon woon yeah it very much could be which is heartbreaking but also gonna be cool but why wouldn't they have burned him <laughs> i know and that's true that's true there's a bunch of idiots <laughs> there, could be, there could be more giants right yeah there, there could be uh other giants coming down uh that were part of uh, mance's army previously you're so. right you're right da uh, john would have to be a real idiot <laughs> to not have burned everyone's body oh, we left after that dead giant in the yard <laughs> oh no he's come back oh how wow. could this have happened <laughs> oh ramsey too oh wow oh, shit <laughs> Uh, yeah, that would man. Can you imagine anything more evil than a than a with a a white Ramsey with his jaw bitten off mm -hmm. from a? Yep, that'd be an unpleasant sight. Definitely. Um, but uh, so earlier in that second teaser, it's called uh, the Long Walk, which I mean, maybe there's something. I mean, they've all had long walks, so they see John, Cersei, and Daenerys all essentially like walking towards their. Um, their throne as each has their own john in the north cersei at king's landing and daenerys uh taking her seat at dragonstone in a chair that we have not seen mm -hmm. as yet that if anything that's kind of new information we get here um is that daenerys is not just 
heading right for King's Landing or something like that and going to be trying to sit on the Iron Throne. She's she's taking her uh, ancestral seat at mm-hmm. Dragonstone first. And I did notice uh, that you see, you see the new outfits for John, uh, Daenerys, and Cersei. Um, John looks much fancier than he's ever done before. Mm. He's got sort of a metal collar and a, and a long uh, fur cloak. Um, Daenerys is looking pretty martial. She's mm-hmm. like got a military... I mean, it almost... It's similar to something Cersei might have worn. She's got big shoulders. She's got a beautiful um, long red cape. Um, and then Cersei is in, is in all black. Um, and her collar was especially interesting to me. She's got a lion and spikes. Mm. Um, so I think, one, one, it shows how they've grown up and they're, and they're looking more regal. But I think it also shows they're all wearing much more clothing. They're all dressing yeah. for winter. They're, they're wearing not only prepared for battle, but also for a long, cold winter. Yeah. Well, they do have that corny reveal of Cersei breathing, uh, or you can see her cold uh, breath at the end, which is kind of cheesy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, but there you have it, and then that pans back to the to the eye again. Um, this is also kind of a, a music video sort of teaser. Mm-hmm. We've got a the song is called "Sit Down," so in reference to them all taking their seats on their throne. Mm-hmm. Um, it's originally a song by the band James. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know. We tried to figure this out ahead of time. We don't know if they do this slowed down, like somber version, or if uh, somebody else is covering it. But yeah, but I, I mean, it's it sounded good. But it does. It's they've they've done something similar before. I know that they had. I can't remember what season it was that. The, the band The National was singing okay. um, The Reigns of Castamere. So mm. it's something they've done before and, um, to take either like a band that's well-known to sing a song. I don't know. Yeah. I never heard of James. <laughs> <laughs> I also have not heard of James. Um, but maybe we're just not hip to the new uh, Britpop invasion or something. I think it's the old Britpop. Okay, I think it was from the enough. 80s. Oh, well then. <laughs> Egg on my face. Um but uh, yeah, a, a super kind of uh, popular trailer teaser trend these days to sort of take some kind of pop song and pitch it down, make it a somber, sad thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we're not just dancing to this. Let's uh, let's you know contemplate the, yeah. the deeper meaning. I know that the Justice Justice League movies done that, mm-hmm. and I think oh, the the Mummy did that. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty common these days. Yeah, it's it's in a, a ton of like video games and stuff too, often to very cheesy effect. I think actually not necessarily knowing the song ahead of time maybe makes it a little bit better. For I agree. Me. Yeah. Um, also, there's a uh, before you kind of like get the sort of sit down uh, trope uh, kind of laid out. Um, there is a line that that says "touched by madness," and I thought that was kind of a, a fun line considering the characters we have here we have Daenerys and Jon who are essentially both Targaryens and they talk about in the books how you know children born of Targaryens it's almost like flipping a coin as to whether or not they're going to turn out to be like you know mad like the mad king if they're going to turn out sort of that way or they're going to turn out to be normal people Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and Cersei kind of in a similar situation with her having her children of incest with Jaime um, she also talks about that with her own kids. So maybe there's, I don't know, there's a connection. There's who's who's kind of like the the mad king, as it were, and who is who's maybe not going to be. It's it's a little bit unclear. It doesn't seem like maybe that's going to be John, but maybe something will come to pass with his sort of 
being resurrected and undead at this point, and yeah. maybe that'll have some sort of an impact on him. Uh, or the fact that he is a Targaryen, and we maybe haven't seen... Maybe him coming to learn that, potentially, will have some kind of an effect on him. Right. Right. And we, we've seen Daenerys be cruel, and people have warned her not to be like her father, but then, of course, Cersei's the one who did the thing that the Mad King threatened mm-hmm. to do, which is burn down um, some of King's Landing and probably more to come. Right. Maybe she's not done yet, right? Um, there's a lot of fire in the following sort of trailers, particularly mm-hmm. the, the second one. And I guess we can talk about the the trailers now, too. Um, so the first one is a little bit more subdued than the second one. The second one is very bombastic, but... In the first one, we, we get some, some good looks at a, a few of the characters and what they're sort of up to now, or in, in, the, in the new season, anyway. Yes. So it starts out with uh, Cersei talking about having enemies to the east and the west and the north and the south, mm-hmm. and, um, but that she thinks that she and Jaime will be able to defeat them all because they're the only Lannisters left who count, mm-hmm. um, which is a little bit... It seems like an echo a little bit of in the first season where Jamie says that he'll kill everyone until it's just those them alone yeah. in the world. And so Cersei seems to be saying this now. Basically, we'll defeat everyone, and it's just you and I. And I mean, I guess they've always felt that way, but she's doing her best to actually make it come true now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we get some uh, a look at the the painted table as uh, you know where Daenerys is in in Dragonstone. So we're we're finally back there, and I, I'm very envious of that table. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Um, and you know, I. I think, I don't want to take credit for this, but I thought it was an interesting thing that they pointed out in the most recent Alt-Shift-X video, which is all about Cersei, um, and sort of uh, speculating as to what's going to happen to her is, according to the prophecy, um, which is not laid out in as much detail in the show, her little brother is supposed to kill her at some point, by actually, they even say in details, like wrapping their fingers around her neck. And she's always assumed this is her little, little brother. Right. That it's Tyrion. Right. But what do you think? Well, it seems it seems a, a more poetic kind of conclusion if it ends up being Jamie, who's technically her, her little brother, too. Um, and in the trailer, there's a shot where um, apparently Cersei has had this big map of Westeros sort of painted into a courtyard and... Um, as they uh, point out in the Alt-Shift-X video, she's standing on the Neck, which is an area that separates the Riverlands from the technically where the North begins. It happens to be also where the uh, the Cranagmen, the Howland Reed and uh, Mira Reed and company are from. Uh, and Jamie is over in uh, a section of the Vale where Littlefinger is from, called the Fingers. Mm-hmm. So maybe pointing a really direct reference to Jamie's fingers, Cersei's neck, making a connection there. Yeah. I thought that was... I don't know if that was framed with such a um, sort of a prophecy in mind, especially a prophecy that hasn't been mentioned in the show, but uh, maybe. I don't know. It seems almost too much to be a coincidence, mm-hmm. but if it is, then wow. Right. <laughs> Uh, spot on uh, luck, I guess. Um, yeah. If if indeed that ends up going down that way, mm-hmm. I have a hard time seeing Tyrion kind of make it in that close for that to be the case. It seems like Jaime would be the one with access to Cersei to to do that. Right. 
I mean, Cersei is never going to let Tyrion within 100 feet of her. We've seen, um, I think it's more in the books, but also in the show, that people are bringing her the heads of dwarves in Mm -hmm. hopes for reward, that that she still wants Tyrion dead. And so um, he's not going to get that close without people freaking out. Yeah. Um, There's a couple other kind of cool shots in this first trailer, too. Um, One... We get again. We get a little bit more of Dragonstone as we had sort of seen before, um, and we see Melisandre there. And in the shot that made me sort of like pause the video and go back and look at it again is sort of the what we see that she's looking at, which is looking down from the ramparts of Dragonstone onto this really cool pathway yes. heading towards the uh, heading towards the castle. It's almost like this great wall looking sort of weaving uh pathway and on both sides there's sort of this slick black like wet rock very sort of foreboding and uh uh not very welcoming um and it's just kind of this narrow path it almost seems some like something out of like a a a mine in like a lord of the rings story or something like that Dragonstone, I think, has really gotten upgraded. In seasons two and three, when Stannis was was there, it was uh, shot in County Derry in Ireland. Now they're shooting it in um, a part uh, like Basque Country in, mm-hmm. in northern Spain, and it's this little island that's connected by a land bridge, mm. and um, that's where that winding road. And yeah. I don't know. I don't know if all the shots, because certainly some of that that jagged um almost vertical rock yeah i can't i can't tell it's it's beautiful i think they've they've made it much grander yeah when, when stannis when he has it he's pretty upset that he's there that he feels like his brother didn't um reward him properly mm-hmm. and there's sort of famously nothing grows there and there's no gold the only thing on dragonstone mm-hmm. is dragon glass right. which will become in, will come in handy soon i'm sure but um for this season, they've really made it look pretty intimidating and gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Where before it would just seem to sort of like a like a worse um, pike. <laughs> yeah, pike being pretty uh... pretty bad. <laughs> pretty bad. <laughs> not not super welcoming. Um, and actually, speaking of pike, the other shot that I found that was just kind of—I mean, there's a lot of interesting shots in the trailer, but like really stuck out to me was a shot of Theon on the ship with these embers sort of floating past. It's really pretty. And I don't know what that necessarily means. I've seen some speculation that this is like uh, Euron sort of attacking their fleet and have some sort of fiery surprise for them. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I mean, there's dragons here, so we tend to think of like, well, the dragons and the boats, there's something tied in there. But it's a little bit unclear as to whether or not what's going on, but that they have these kind of swirling embers uh, is kind of cool, and I saw a um, a making of sort of special effects little snippet video that they put out uh, pretty recently. That they mainly in the actual footage of the thing they have uh, stuff from previous seasons, but they do have a little bit of them making these embers. They've got like some sort of uh, palm branch or something that's a little bit on fire. They're like shaking them around and sort oh, of wow. photographing these embers blowing around. So I believe, and this is the case for a lot of the effects in the show, there are actual effects. They're often composited together. They're not necessarily putting uh, Alfie Allen amidst a bunch of burning <laughs> embers. Um, but they did shoot, you know, it seems like they did shoot those and then uh, transpose them separately. That's great. And it has a really pretty effect to it. Yeah. No, well, I'll be interested to see, because you'd think that Theon and, Dra- and dragons are on the same side, so I'm not mm. exactly sure what what is on fire or why but i'll be interested to find out Mm -hmm. and then uh 
the trailer ends with um, the dragons flying uh, above the Dothraki army, and then sort of cuts to, cuts to black. And they are they have gotten very big. They mm-hmm. seem with with a, a teeny tiny Amelia Clark on top. Uh, they seem from from uh, you know things that I've seen on on the wiki and, and fan art that probably about the same size as Balerion, the Black Dread, mm-hmm. who's supposed to be the largest, right? right? Swallowing an oryx whole, mm-hmm. as it were. <laughs> Um, actually, now that I'm looking at my notes here and uh, kind of clipping through the trailer again, there are a couple other shots that I found interesting. One, we get another look at Sir Gregor Roberts. Robert, well, they don't call him Robert Strong in the in the show, but he's got a new outfit, and I think he looks kind of dopey. <laughs> I agree. It looks like maybe. I mean, the effect is that he doesn't have a head. Almost okay. I don't. And it's it's it seems shallow. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't. It doesn't seem like there's room for a full head under that um, helmet. I like, don't know. The eye holes are very like low on the face. It's like a melted Darth Vader helmet or something <laughs> like that. And he just kind of like shows up, and he's very like uh, rigid. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like oh, okay, there's this new outfit, but he doesn't uh, he doesn't look as threatening. There's there's also no like hole for a mouth. It's just like. These eyes that are essentially like where your chin should be, and so it's it's kind of weird. Yeah, like you're saying, almost like he's he could be headless or something. He seems like he's got maybe even like a a black mask or something in front of his face. So almost like he's hollow or something yeah. like that. So maybe I mean they're trying to cover up that of course it's a corpse walking, or mm-hmm. maybe something damages him. He could lose his head and still walk around, maybe. Kyburn's good at some bad stuff. So. It is, uh, and it is speculated in the books that that could be happening because we don't know whose head exactly they send to Dorne to sort of appease the Dornish. They say it's Gregor's head, but like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's unclear <laughs> uh, what exactly is going on there. So in the books, Gregor might actually be headless um, when he's uh, reanimated as Robert Strong. Here, who knows? And then uh, in a quiet moment, actually, all this bombast, all this war and fighting going on, um, I actually like the shot of what we anticipate is Jorah's arm coming through this hole and almost looking like this totally grayscaled zombie arm. And I don't know, that gives me a little bit of hope also that there's potentially going to be some room for a little bit more of kind of quieter storytelling and sort of potential like character moments. Granted, it's of course it's framed in this kind of supernatural fantasy conceit of like having to deal with this, um, you know, made up uh, disease. But still, it's like okay, this is George not fighting, you know, uh, he's fighting an internal battle against this this part of his body that's uh, that's essentially actually repelling and rejecting Jorah. It's gonna. That's how the grayscale works, and it, it just kind of takes over your body bit by bit. One of the quieter moments, too, in the first trailer, um, we see just a little shot of Sansa and, uh, you know, Littlefinger saying, your father and brothers are dead, you're the last best hope or something. Mm-hmm. So she only had a, a, a small part. But the second trailer has a very lingering shot on her walking um, from the Weirwood tree at, at Winterfell. And and uh, over over her walk, Littlefinger saying, you know, don't fight your battle. What? Don't fight them in the north or the or the south. Mm-hmm. Fight every battle in your mind. And I think we're going to find that's probably pretty bad advice. Yeah. There's a lot of fighting, literal fighting, to be done. Um, 
But I, I thought it was interesting since she got such a small part in the first trailer that the second trailer opens with her and spends a good five, six set seconds lingering on her on her walk. So she may get um, important development, even if it's probably less action-packed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and both of these trailers open with somebody speaking about enemies on all sides. Mm-hmm. In the first trailer, it's Cersei, who we, at this point... Well, I mean, one, there literally are enemies on all sides. So it's not just paranoia, but she is kind of famous for her paranoia. Um, So trying to think about what to do when you're surrounded. Uh, The other one is Littlefinger in the second trailer, and he seems to be probably speaking to Sansa here, um, because we get footage of Sansa under the voice. And I think the implication is here, like, I'm going to... One, there are literally enemies around you, but like... You know, it, it's to somehow serve like Littlefinger's own purposes, we anticipate, because even though he'll act like and say things as if he's being genuine and he cares for Sansa, um, we know that, that there's no way that that's the case. Right. <laughs> he's out for himself, and somehow uh, making Sansa more paranoid about threats around her is going to serve to somehow undermine her authority and um, inflate his. Mm-hmm. You know, and... We talked about how there's a lot of more shots of Dragonstone. We sort of get to see like a new look for Dragonstone. And we've seen most of the other kind of places in Westeros that we might go at this point. But it does seem like maybe we get to see some Castaway Rock action, maybe? It we don't know exactly way. where it is, but um, it would make sense. There's actually, um, I rewatched the season finale of uh, season six in anticipation of this, and Actually, uh, Dario Naharis has a conversation with Daenerys, and he speculates that they should hit Castaway Rock. He says, apparently she has some sort of plan that she's revealed to him at some point, and he says, like, oh, should we sort of re, uh, rethink what the Second Sons should do? Shall I take them over and uh, take, take Castaway Rock? And that would be sort of the surprise attack um, from two different fronts. And so... Maybe this is that coming to fruition in in some form. And, I mean, who knows when these things are happening in time, but it does seem like uh, Grey Worm and the Unsullied are maybe in Casterly Rock. We see them running through halls that don't seem familiar and that I did, you know, you see like a big gold and red L, so that's possibly Casterly Rock. Mm -hmm. But then if maybe Daenerys and and others are at Dragonstone, so it could be that we have two separate landings and then, yes, a two-front attack on Mm -hmm. Westeros. Um, and similarly to some of the, the work that was done with, uh, with Theon and these embers, we've got some kind of really fantastic-looking fire shots, uh, particularly this kind of burning field where we anticipate there was some sort of battle between Lannister armies and Daenerys' dragons um, out, on, out on a field, and we have Jaime running through, and that's definitely one of, I think, the coolest sort of shots from this is Jaime running through this kind of uh, charred landscape with a lot of just like burning fires still kind of raging behind him, almost like this wall of fire at times behind him. And, you know, he's he's riding with a lance or some sort of sword or something on this white horse through. And I, that's one of the things I want to know the most is like, <laughs> what is Jamie doing there? What was his part in this? Like, we know he's not really like the fighter that he used to be. Um, but for him to be sort of one of the last people standing seemingly here um, yeah. on this battle amidst all this fire, um, what's what's his part? Who's he charging at and all this kind of stuff? Yeah. Whether or not he, he kills Cersei, and I think he probably will, mm-hmm. but it would, 
it would seem fitting that he would die defending his homeland like a, a might might like his ancestral home it mm-hmm. seems maybe that he would fight Daenerys even though he knows it's a losing battle if you're going against all the the blood riders and dragons yeah. and then to sort of go alone because he he part of part of his understanding that um of his relationship with Cersei is that he can't die as long as she's alive but if he kills her and then decides to try to fight off the Dothraki he probably won't survive right. we'll see but yeah. that's my that's my prediction. We'll see. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, and maybe now would be a good time to start getting into a little bit of speculation. I feel like one of the fun things about trailers is speculation. Yeah. <laughs> because it's meant to sort of build anticipation and give you like, just little snippets of things. And, uh, you know, there's all kinds of trailer breakdowns and things like that out there that sort of pick apart frame by frame, like what's going on. Um, and, you know, I think sort of seeing where action is taking place is always interesting and then occasionally you'll have like a few shots where you're like where is that mm-hmm. like i'm not sure where that is i mean i think the the biggest one that people pulled out of this was the hound and maybe that the hound is at one point uh we definitely see him up north right fighting in the snow um but there's another shot where he's not and he's in uh, a place where there's a bright sun behind him and it definitely has kind of a king's landing ish or somewhere in the south kind of look to it Uh, there's hard stone around him and uh, again the sort of the warm glow of the yellows and all this kind of stuff uh, uh, kind of bathing him in almost silhouette and we only get that for a split second so it's not really enough to sort of exactly figure it out but the speculation is that he's going to finally fight his brother we'll see we'll see but there's feels like there's got to be some stuff that has to happen for that to (laughs) take place right Cersei would have to decide she still wants to have a trial or or somebody's going to have to hold her to it I guess yeah and also if for him uh the last we saw him the the uh bannermen no the brothers without banners Mm -hmm. um they said let's go north and we see him north so then why is he also south I don't I don't know how that would happen either yeah, I don't know. Maybe it'll have something to do with... Uh, I know there's been some some sleuthing with regard to sort of the the Tarleys taking over for the Tyrells and sort of man- taking control of the Reach's armies. So, I don't know. Maybe there's something really stubborn about Randall Tarley who's like, I'm only going to fight for you if you like actually absolve yourself of of these crimes or something. And so she, she I don't know, goes forward with a trial by combat or something? Maybe. That doesn't seem like, Cer- I mean, Cersei, I think, would be more likely to kill Randall Tarly. Yeah. <laughs> but that could happen, too. Yeah, I don't know. That's the thing. is like I feel like for her to subject herself to the trial in some form is going to be a concession of some kind. Yeah. And like, what's going to bring Cersei to want to do that? Especially at this point. Yeah. She's, she's killed so many people. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe, maybe they feel like she should answer for the crime of blowing up the Sept, which was a big one. But yeah. who's going to hold her to that? Right. Yeah. Who's going to hold her to that? Who does she really have control over? Right? Mm-hmm. Who's? They show her in these trailers that she does have a full Kingsguard. We don't know exactly who's in that anymore. Marin Trant is dead. Um, he was really the only other member of the Kingsguard, active Kingsguard, that we got to see and have like a character mm-hmm. based around. Everybody else is just sort of, oh, it's just another white cloak. Um, so presumably she's filled those seats somehow and people who are loyal to her but i don't know yeah well i don't know i've got a 
I've got a couple of like big questions okay. about the coming season. Stuff that I also have been thinking about. Um, you know, for better or for worse, the show is framed around a lot of character deaths. We just wrapped up season one, had a big surprise in character death in, in Ned Stark, and that was a trend that certainly continues. And I think you could argue that post-Red Wedding, the character deaths end up being a little more rote or a little bit more sort of like a means of culling the cast that is probably getting very expensive. Yeah. Um, but uh, they, they do, there are still some surprises with regard to deaths, and uh, even if they don't all have the emotional impact of a Red Wedding or a Ned's beheading, um, they have become very central to, to the show. So you kind of go into a new season being like, all right, well, who's going to get it this season? <laughs> who's, and who's going who's gonna to survive? Um, do, you have, do you feel like you've got any characters who you're like, I don't want them lasting beyond, I don't want to see them in season eight? I, I'm, yes. <laughs> the, I was trying to narrow it down to one, and I think that this character is just so lacking in loyalty. They hop from, from sort of host to host. And so who I'd really like to see get it is Melisandre. Okay. So first she's with Stan- Stannis and she's like, you're, you're Azor Ahai. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay. And he kills a bunch of people. <laughs> and then she meets Jon. And then mm-hmm. she's like, you're Azor Ahai. Mm-hmm. And then eventually he sends her away because he doesn't like people who set little girls on fire. Yeah. But then in the trailer we see that she's a dragonstone. Mm-hmm. And so she's seems like she's probably going to ingratiate herself with Daenerys in some mm-hmm. way. And um, I think in the shot, when she's from Dragonstone, she's looking down and seeing John and Davos. So that's going to be also an interesting moment mm. where she's maybe standing in a room with both Daenerys and John and been like, which one of you is or I? <laughs> right? But I think I'm just, one, she's an old lady. It's, it's time to go. But I also, I also think that she has, she um, just jumps around for power, doesn't really seem to have anyone's best... Um, intentions at heart best uh interests thank you interests at heart and um and that the time has come that (laughs) that she should go what about you who who do you not want to see another season well there's a a more minor character and uh, this is a cop out so i'll have another one but robin aaron (laughs) (laughs) that's a good one Um, another person who has perhaps lived past his time i i i feel like we'll I feel like that's the only way we're going to like check in back with Robin Aaron is to sort of see the end of Robin Aaron at some point here with Littlefinger taking control of the Knights of the Vale and for all intents and purposes has become sort of the the Lord of the Vale um, in all but name. Uh, I think it's only a matter of time till, till Robin is, is out of the picture. The only thing I could imagine is Maybe they don't even bother with it, and they we don't even go back at all, and we don't see Robin anymore yeah. because it does because it's of no no consequence. Because um, that's the thing we we are getting beyond the point of like, in some ways, certain titles and names really carrying much weight um, when you have sort of this threat coming down. It's going to be like, well, everybody has to come together, and we have to you know, regardless of of where we come from, we all have to fight the one enemy. You know. I like Cersei, but <laughs> so this isn't necessarily out of like, oh, I can't stand Cersei. I, I think she should go. But 
I think it's time for her to go. And I think some of the stuff we've been talking about with the uh, the Valonqar prophecy coming to bear, I'm ready to see that play out. Yes. And for King's Landing to essentially have this kind of, uh, to be more or less uh, abandoned and that there's this war fighting and like we'll come back to King's Landing when, that, when it's time to sort of rule a kingdom, but now is not the time. And we have actually, you know, these shots previously in uh, Daenerys' visions back in Karth where she sees the Iron Throne and the, the throne room totally in ruin. The, the ceiling is, is gone, uh, snow is falling in there, and maybe that's metaphor or maybe that's literal. Like maybe that happens to King's Landing before the end of all this kind of goes down and it's totally destroyed and, and frozen and will need to be rebuilt. Mm-hmm. Also, there was a, I meant to mention this when we were looking at uh, the trailers, but there's a shot in the final episode of last season where Jamie comes back and sees Cersei at her new coronation on the throne. And he's essentially seeing her from the same spot where we were first introduced to Jamie and Cersei in the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, we were speculating whether or not they, they had a Baylor Sept in the first season. And I think that uh, basically they called the Sept Baylors, but they they totally didn't have that set yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so they actually did that in the throne room. So they, we were introduced to Jamie and Cersei in this same kind of little alcove between these pillars looking on uh, dead John Aaron. And now Jamie is there left by himself while Cersei is on the Iron Throne. And I think it's only a matter of time till Cersei's the dead one that Jamie's looking at. So I think it would be a, a poetic way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, more so than... I hate Cersei and she's got to get out of here because <laughs> Cersei's great. <laughs> no, she's great, but probably her arc is coming to an mm-hmm. end. Yeah. So uh, get rid of Robin because who cares? <laughs> um, and Cersei, I think, should go too, though. Who do you absolutely like? just need to stay to survive to the very end? For me, it's less the like big characters. Mm-hmm. And it, one, because they always seem like if they're going to go, they're going to go in some kind of fantastic way. I want to see, like, Brienne... That was mine, too! ...and Davos make it. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, I'll let you... Then you, you do Brienne. I'll, I'll just speak for Davos then. And he's, he's the loyal servant. He's, uh, he's makes it through a lot of hard times. So that's his backstory, is being a survivor and being one who sort of uh, makes it work under really rough circumstances. And... He's also uh, a really strong counselor, and you know he was with Stannis and was really the only person who could potentially write Stannis. And he actually does get Stannis to do some some honorable moves from time to time, but uh, you know he's also got Melisandre in his other ear, and so that went that went south. And so now you feel like, all right, Davos maybe paired with a Jon Snow, maybe this is actually something that could work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know he's kind of out of sorts. He always seems. The whole time he's been up north, he's seemed very uncomfortable there. Like, that's not his realm. He needs to be, like, on the water and, uh, you know, with with Salador San and, like, raiding with pirate ships and all this kind of stuff. Um, so he's out of sorts, but uh, I, I, want, I want him to make it. He's been through a lot, and uh, he's one of the last kind of truly honorable characters in the story. Yeah. Well, I hope he makes it, too. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the reason I 
I want Brienne to make it, and also I think it's likely that she will because it makes sense for her arc mm-hmm. that this is a woman who uh, is fiercely loyal, but is serves people whom she can't protect, right? Mm-hmm. So she loved Renly, Renly died. She decided to serve Catelyn, Catelyn dies. She's now, even though she's she's pledged to Sansa, this is sort of triangulated through Jaime. Mm-hmm. And I think it's likely that first Cersei will die and then Jaime will die, but then Brienne will survive. Mm-hmm. And so um, as much, I, I want her to survive because I just think she's the best. <laughs> and, um, but I also think that it will almost be against her will that she outlives everyone whom she loves and whom she wants, wants to protect. So mm-hmm. it may end up being sort of bittersweet that, that she survives even though everyone that she ever tried to help dies. Mm-hmm. So we'll see about that. The other yeah. one, and I'm sure he'll survive because he is a survivor, is Bronn. Because okay. I love Bronn, but I think he's going to make it because he nothing can touch him. They, and they keep bringing him back, right, in the show. Like, he's totally this fan favorite character where they're like, is there a way we could bring Bronn into this situation? <laughs> yeah, let's bring Bronn into the situation. Let's not get rid of him. Yeah, and uh, he's just, uh, he's so self-interested that mm-hmm. I think that he'll just make it to the end. He may, yeah. You know, that he'll, he survives. I hope so. I hope so. I hope he's smart enough, and it seems like he would be, to sort of, like, avoid the worst of the fighting. Like, he's not, he's, he's a sellsword. He's not going to be, like, riding into the uh, Neo uh, Field of Fire uh, if he knows, like, oh, well, there's no way we're going to win this fight. Right. Um, so hopefully he'll uh, be smart about that. Well, you know, there's a few other characters that feel like... Th- you mentioned Brienne, sort of, like, where they're going to go this season, what sort of you're going to see them accomplish. I mean, you mentioned Brienne's arc. Like, where do you see her arc going this season? Well, what's the next steps for Brienne? Because last time, I felt like we almost had a little bit of, like, a... A deflation in her story at the end it felt like there was really going to be something maybe come to a head where she and jamie were going to have this meetup in the riverlands and all that stuff seems like it happened way differently in the books i mean that's left up in the air in the mm-hmm. books but still um so i don't know where do you see her going is she gonna make it back up north and fight with the rest or something else well i hope that she does because sansa certainly needs someone to put like a wall between her and Littlefinger, right mm-hmm. and and uh, brienne might be able to be someone who, you know, you're talking about Davos and Melisandre on Stannis' shoulders. Like, she may need to be mm. the angel on, on Sansa's shoulder. But my guess is my guess is that she'll somehow run into Jaime again because that just seems like too important of a relationship mm-hmm. to have left entirely. And then I think that, well, if she gets back up north, even though she's serving Sansa, I think she'll see the wisdom in what Jon is trying to do. Mm-hmm. And so she may feel torn there too. That it, Especially if they end up creating some sort of enmity between Sansa and Jon, where they're like trying to accomplish different things, mm-hmm. that she may, because she keeps her oaths, she may um, serve Sansa, but I think feel that Jon is probably doing the more righteous thing. Yeah, and there is all the uh, torment, Brienne, shipping going on. <laughs> so there'll probably be some fan service with that. Do you think we're going to find out that Tormund is is little uh, Leanna Mormon's father? <laughs> I don't think I don't think they're going to get that deep into the <laughs> into the like unspoken lore of the books, but it would be fun. <laughs> just be like, that's my girl. Yeah. Oh man, I would I would pay a million dollars for that. Just play it off as if like it's totally logical, and that's yeah. <laughs> haven't you guys been picking up uh, picking up uh, keeping up with the the fan theory videos? It's it's all right there for you, <laughs> obviously. 
You don't remember Mage Mormont? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I think she was in one shot. She didn't speak, but she was in a couple shots. <laughs> so someone we haven't talked about at all, and whose arc I think faltered a little bit in the last season, but I'm interested to see what she's doing now, is Arya. What mm-hmm. do you think is going to happen with Arya? I, I feel like she's got her kill list, right? And it's still active. Cersei's still on the list. Um trying to remember anybody else who's still alive other than the Hound. I mean, Gregor's on the list, too. Ilan Payne, is he still living? We haven't seen him in a long while. Um, in the books, he goes with Jamie to do all that River Run business, right. but I don't think he did in the show. They just had Bronn go with him instead. Mm-hmm. I, think, I feel like... Uh, I, think, I think that's something the show might be kind of messing with a bit, is, is Arya's kind of kill list and, and oh. keeping up with some of those characters. She wanted to kill... Um... Uh, Brothers Without Banner. She went to kill Beric Dondarrion she did and have Beric on the list. and uh, Thoris of Mir, right? right? Because they sold Gendry. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's it's tough because we've come to know some of those characters on the list as either having a change of heart or you know being a little bit more of virtuous characters than perhaps Arya was privy to when she had the encounter with him, and she's grown a lot too. So you know. Walder Frey feels like one of the big ones in dealing with the Black Walder and Lothar. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're out of the way. The Red Wedding has been avenged to a certain degree with a combination of the Boltons being expelled last season and, and Arya sort of doing them in. So it's like... that we all, And that we also have this uh, idea of what's going to happen with Cersei and Jaime. It's like, well, who's really left for Arya to kill? Yeah. And... It also feels like she couldn't go back to just being like Arya Stark. Yeah. Like she so she could head back north, go to Winterfell, where John and Sansa and probably at some point Bran are gonna be all be this season and that there could be this stark reunion, but Arya feels more sort of the the ugly duckling than ever. Yeah, I think my guess is that she's going to be almost entirely alone this season. Mm-hmm. She has had really wonderful partners sort of throughout this whole series for she, I mean she, with her her scenes with Cyril Pharrell her mm-hmm. scenes with the Hound her scenes with Jack and Hagar her scenes with um, uh, Tywin Lannister when she was at Harrenhal that she's always played off these really wonderful even 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 if they're terrible people right that she's had this really great relationship with them but I think that um, that leaving Bravos and becoming no one to whatever extent that mm-hmm. happened um, or I mean I know she reclaims Arya Stark but she's a very hollowed out yeah. Arya Stark that I think she's probably going to spend the season alone. That um, maybe it's possible she'll run, she'll run into Nymeria if she's in the Riverlands. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe we'll see a wolf reunion. But I really doubt that she'll have much interaction with people, and especially not people whom she loves. I don't think we'll get to see a, a lot of people, uh, re, like a family reunion with, yeah. with her and her siblings. Well, they did put in a line um, last season when she was uh, recovering from her wounds that should have killed her or whatever but um she mentions to the the her caretaker there whose name escapes me about uh traveling the sunset sea Mm -hmm. and something like that feels like that could be a place where i don't know if she'll get there this season or if that'll be by the end but it seems like i feel like Arya is either going to die before the show is over or she's going to set off on her own like that i don't feel like returning to society is on the agenda i agree and and it may be that her dying or doing the sunset sea thing, which feels very Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. right? That it may, they may end up being sort of the same. That either mm-hmm. she'll die or she'll go off in this sort of metaphorical death where yeah. she never sees anyone again. Um, but yeah, I, I think she's 
pretty much a lost soul in many ways. Because that's the other thing about, um, you know, Barrick and the Hound and company, these people that are on her list, we see them in these trailers up north fighting the the White Walkers. And so it's like, okay, well, you could anticipate, like, maybe they she would still bump into them into the Riverlands before they get up there, but well, she doesn't kill them in any case. Mm-hmm. So um, she might bump into them. I wouldn't be surprised if we do get that kind of a confrontation happening, but somehow it uh, it's sort of tempered and uh, they're allowed to go or something happens along those lines. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I I mean, you heard us both sigh. <laughs> with I, there was, I was so ready to love her storyline in the last season, and then I think they just the, well, we'll talk about it when we get there. But yeah. but just what happened between her and the waif, and that whole storyline, and especially her attempted murder, mm-hmm. just uh, were were handled pretty poorly. Yeah, yeah. So, it 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 felt like it had potential, and certain moments of it were uh, made a lot of sense, but others were just like. I don't know. It was like they're baiting us with this kind of very TV-ified mm-hmm. um, way of uh, toying with whether or not somebody's dead or dying or all this kind of stuff. And, and then not really using the, the advantages of the lore of the show and what we know about like what can happen in Westeros and why and just like almost ignoring that completely. But, and she's you know supposed to become such a badass, but I feel like we saw very little of that training. It's not, it's not earned in any mm-hmm. way the, that she could beat the wave anyway right that's not this season we'll talk about that later yeah, we'll get to that at some other point um you know i, I guess I've, I've got just a couple more questions one uh euron Greyjoy is seemingly a wild card here what do you think what kind of impact do you feel like he's gonna have well he was hoping to offer a fleet and a marriage to daenerys mm-hmm. so i think he will probably change his mind and offer those things to Cersei. Mm-hmm. Um, they may, I mean, their family is one of the few that she hasn't directly screwed over. And mm-hmm. so something might still be possible there. And so I think that he will, will probably see some great naval battles between Euron and his fleet and and then um, Yara and, and Theon and, and their ships. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't think he's going to have a lasting impact. I don't think yeah. it's, he's not a real runner up for the Iron Throne. They're probably not doing any of his story from the, with Dragonbinder from the books and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's going to be my impression that it will be minimal. Yeah. What do you think? I think so too, and I think it's unfortunate. But I mean, I think they just brought him in too late. Yeah. So he feels like he's too um, he's too late of a, an upstart to to have a huge impact. Otherwise, it's going to feel like this weird power imbalance where it's like, oh, we're now we're at the end of the show, <laughs> and here's this guy who's going to just like you haven't seen him barely at all um and also they just kind of downplay some of the cool aspects cool i mean he's a he's a horrible evil character but like they make him kind of a swarthy pirate who's genuinely pretty scary in the books he's got he's got a ship with all mutes Mm -hmm. and it's all the everything is soaked in blood he's he's he dabbles in the dark arts in a way that is not clear at all in the show right and i think he takes some of like ramsey's cruelty but in a way that's not He's, he's less kind of just a, like, abject, like, I know how to skin somebody and I can torture them physically. And it, it's a little bit more of, like, a psychological torture mm-hmm. that he seems to inflict on people in addition to the physical one um, as well. And so I, I kind of don't have uh, a lot of confidence that they're going to be able to pull some of that stuff off 
with him with as little of character development that they've done. They feel like they've made him far more brutish in the show um, and not this kind of like conniving, like uh, imbalanced kind of uh, character who yeah. uh, who feels unhinged and is wielding sort of tremendous like disturbing power. Right. He he um, has some relationships with the Wizards of Karth, right? Mm-hmm. He has the blue lips that they... And so, yes, he he's cruel, but also uh, magic in mm-hmm. certain ways that make him a little bit... He could he could hurt someone more than just their body. Right. Yeah. Ramsey is scary on, like, a one-on-one basis, mm-hmm. you know, in a big battle. And no more than any other real fighter, mm-hmm. really. Euron feels like you fear the fleet that Euron's bringing and potentially like the storms and there's some speculation about like summoning krakens and stuff in the in the books that I would be cool <laughs> if they were going to do that but also again feels like they should have probably introduced Euron a couple seasons ago if they were going to do something like that to build him up to something like that. It also, with a Kraken, and it might happen, but it might feel a little bit Pirates of the Caribbean mm-hmm. now. We've seen it. It wasn't great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. That's also possible. So I think uh, I was a little disappointed in what they have done with Euron so far. I don't expect them to necessarily write that ship, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> And uh, I think we'll. Uh, I think we might see him actually go down the season two, and it'll it'll be a uh, you know maybe not as sort of anticlimactic and cut off at the knees as the Dorn plot, but also could be. Yeah. Well, and we see Laria Sand and uh, Yara kissing, mm-hmm. so I think that kiss may be symbolic of like our <laughs> our storylines are sort of equally badly run, right. and so here's our kiss of death, and yeah. they both go. Yeah. They're just not handled so well. Yeah. And, uh, which is too bad, because I think there is some interesting stuff with both those plots as they play out in the books, especially the stuff of the King's Moot. I felt like that was, oh, no. It's, yeah. They really uh, didn't do that one justice. Yeah. In the show. So I think a, a big question uh, is what role will John's parentage play mm. in the coming seasons? Who will know? How will they know? And what will it matter? Because we... It's anticipated that this reveal is going to happen a little bit differently in the books. Um, just the fact that we as the audience would, would know it for sure. And probably Bran's going to be the one to figure out again. But um, maybe less like, oh, I got to the wall and, hell, hey, there's a tree here. I guess I'll touch it and figure this out. It's like, why are you doing this now? It doesn't, you know, there's kind of no logic to it other than the TV episode needs this to happen now. I had never noticed, and now I'll never not be able to notice that that's true. <laughs> because they just, Benjen drops him off, and they're like, oh, well, he brought us here to the wall. Let's go through the wall. It's like, nah, I'm going to touch this tree. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that it leads up to. There's no, like, reason for it. Um, and so probably the book's not going to go down like that. Um, and, uh, you know, we have a shot later in this episode, or sorry, in the trailer of what looks like Bran at Winterfell in kind of a a wheelchair, um, sort of device and somebody standing there with him that I'm not able to recognize some sort of balding head. It doesn't seem like any of the balding characters that we know at this point. So maybe somebody knew. And... You know, you could anticipate in the show that he would just tell him because John's probably going to be there. And hopefully there won't be another misconnection with John and Bran. It seems just a little too much. And if that's the case, I don't know. That feels 
little anticlimactic of a reveal to John if that's how it ends up going down. But yeah, what consequence, regardless of how it happens, of what consequence? Um, because there's this kind of like, again, uh, a de-emphasis on the importance of who's actually sitting the Iron Throne, who's sort of lord of whatever castle, what's your like last name? Um, I mean, it matters to the Starks because they rally the North, I guess. But actually, if he's also Targaryen, does that is that help or, or hurt? I don't know. Like maybe it gives him a little bit of sway if he ends up talking to Daenerys somewhere down the line. Be like, oh, actually, we have this blood relationship. Maybe that counts for something. Yeah, I wonder if that will create a problem between them. I know mm-hmm. there are people who assume that the story will end with, with uh, a wedding between mm-hmm. Daenerys and John. I think that seems too pat. That mm-hmm. doesn't seem like a George R. R. Martin ending. Mm-hmm. That like <laughs> He does the, jo- the, Jane As- the Jane Austen ending yeah. of, and then it ended in a wedding and everything was fine. Seems unlikely. Mm-hmm. But um, I, don't, I don't know about the rules of succession. Would he have a greater claim to the throne than, than she if he's Rhaegar's son? I guess it matters if, it was, if they were wed. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it could create some sort of enmity between them. I'm also curious whether uh, Howland Reed will yeah will he have any part of this story at all? We saw him only in a flashback. Um, we've got we've got Mira. Will we meet her father? Will we see anything about the the Crowning Men in in the neck? I'd like to see it, but I, I'd it like seems to too. I have my doubts. Yeah, <laughs> I I think that's how the, some of the stuff will be revealed in the books. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been hinted at that Howland Reed will reappear in the books at some point and maybe Bran somehow communicating to Helen Reed through trees or something will will then that's how the reveal to John might happen essentially in the in the books um but in the show I don't know it'd be cool if they did I don't I don't uh hold out a lot of hope that they will so yeah I I it's probably also not a uh well I guess have we seen that John can be have they tried to burn John yet we had seen John on fire other than him getting his hand. He got his hand burned. We yeah. talked about that. But uh, he is also half Stark, so he's <laughs> he got that going for him too. So maybe he's uh, mortal in that way. I mean, he is literally the ice and fire brought together as right. far as the houses are concerned. So I don't know if that's going to give him any kind of special powers that he would then be able to tap into or what. I don't know. I, I kind of think it's only of consequence once the fighting is done. Yeah. And unless maybe you're right that that Daenerys will be more likely to join forces because she has no other family in the mm-hmm. world, right? Um it may be that 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 tugs at her heartstrings a little bit. Um Yeah, maybe they'll get married and continue sort of the incestuous Targaryen dynasty, who knows. Yeah, I'm not sure. I maybe I'm not giving the viewing public enough credit, but it seems so there's incest in the show with with Jamie and Cersei, but we're not supposed to root for that, right? It's 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 presented as as sort of um, not a it's sort of in the first episode he he almost kills a child for right. it, right? It's it's not it's not considered a good thing, and I don't know if they expect the audience to root for an a relationship between a, an aunt and nephew. Yeah. Um, I mean they they've never they don't know each other, right? But yeah. it does I sort of don't think the showrunners would do that just because it feels weird to root for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and also at some point, somebody's going to have to prove a parentage thing to Daenerys. Like, John might be inclined to believe Bran once yeah. he's sort of like, the powers are revealed, but like, how do you prove that to Daenerys to sort of like, um, for her to sort of acknowledge that and, and take it as word? I don't know. Maybe some of the extent to which Bran will use his powers will be... Uh, something we we haven't anticipated yet 
we only see him like with those crows or the ravens whatever mm-hmm. it is in the in the trailer um which is an example of him flying i always thought he was going to end up warging into a dragon at some point that might be that might convince daenerys to believe him if yeah. he can show that kind of power mm-hmm. so that would be pretty interesting i guess let's uh the, la- the last one i had was what what's going to be left for season eight like we're going to get to the end of the season. We're going to have all these kind of battles happen. Presumably a lot of stuff will be burned to the ground or destroyed in one form or another. We've, we've anticipating all these big battles happening. What's left? Who, you know, not necessarily what characters are still alive, but like what is there going to be left in, the, in a story to tell? Well, I've always been of the uh, opinion that things with the White Walkers are more, com- are more complicated than they appear. Mm-hmm. That uh, in the way that everyone in the show and books has has some sort of justification for what they do, that it doesn't make sense that there's a sort of um, senseless evil that just that just devours, right? There's, that they've got some sort of reason. And so I've always hoped that we get to see more of, of what their culture is like. And in the books, they do talk about having like a language and a culture mm-hmm. and, and that it's not well understood, but that it exists. And so um, I always thought that maybe Daenerys would end up being the villain and that we'd find that we're, that she's coming as sort of a colonizing force as a, as a foreign queen mm-hmm. um, to impose her will on a country she doesn't really know. And then they're also trying to do that to, to the far north, the land of always winter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is going to be too much of a pivot for the show. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I think that's, that's unlikely. Um, it may be that while they're able to fight together well enough during seven, the seventh season, that if they both survive, that maybe Daenerys and Jon will fight each other mm-hmm. um, at the end. That would be um, a painful thing. It would be hard for people to decide. And so mm-hmm. that might be just the kind of thing that George R. R. Martin would love yeah. to do. But yeah, my, my assumption is that, I mean, or, or may, it may be that we've, we've fast forwarded too much that this season will really be about um, blowing up King's Landing and that the eighth season will really be about fighting the walkers ultimately. Mm-hmm. So because I, we we don't get a ton like for all of the promotional materials and I guess we didn't even talk about the posters but that's okay we might be beyond <laughs> it at this point but the posters do center around uh, the White Walker eye and sort of the half of the face and for all of that kind of uh, imagery that's been going on we're getting a lot of fighting not there yeah you know and I I don't know if that's just because they're not showing it or if that's actually um, percentage-wise going to be more the breakdown of the season. We're not going to get a ton of White Walker ending battles here, um, and that we'll still have more kind of White Walker fights in the final season. Right. The The arc of the show may be more that it's taken seven seasons for people to, to sort of realize that their own petty squabbles are not what's important, and it's this, this good and evil. But I think the books decide, may, may say that good and evil is also more complicated that everyone has both mm-hmm. and so you can't just call the white walkers evil but we'll see yeah i think the the show is especially at this point um not super interested in in making uh characters more complex than they sort of seem already mm-hmm. um it's like we've already introduced the character with the level of complexity that you're to expect um and daenerys does have these kind of back and forth sort of like what's the right move to make but our understanding of her has never shifted necessarily, at least the way that she's being depicted in the show toward you should maybe think that she's in the wrong or that she's kind of doing the wrong thing. You know, again, in that last uh, episode of the last season, she has this conversation with Dario and it's 
I think it's prophetic in some ways. Dario says, I hope that throne brings you happiness. Like, and he clearly like doubting it. Mm -hmm. Like he says, like, you're happy. I make you, I make you happy. You're happy here with me. Why are you leaving? Right. Why, if you come back finally and you're setting things, things to order, what is it like? Why do you want to go and do this? And I think it's a question that doesn't really have a good answer. Yeah. Like, she has a birthright, I, she says, but like it's also been pointed out to her by Jorah that Aegon didn't have a birthright to sort of conquer the Seven Kingdoms in the first place. Mm-hmm. He did it because he wanted to. And it's like, what's what's her reason, right? It, it feels a little hollow, actually. And so I'm hoping that actually this White Walker fight will bring her to the fold of maybe making it make a little bit more sense and giving her purpose for being there other than defeating Cersei. I agree. I in in both the trailers, uh, or at least especially the first one, she we see her. It seems like her first steps onto Dragonstone, and she's like touching the sand, mm-hmm. right? And it's supposed to be really meaningful, but it is sort of hollow. Like this may mm-hmm. be the place she was born, but she doesn't know anything about it. No one knows or cares about her at all. And this mm-hmm. and the I mean the entire concept of, of birthright and like that I I, um, I rule here because my father did and you know that it doesn't it does feel hollow and so I, I think you're right that they'll have to establish something or else it just won't make any sense for her to win mm-hmm. or for it why would anyone support yeah why would anyone support her right yeah and that yeah even seeing the the battles against the against the, the Lannisters and these kind of field of fire kind of illusions it's kind of like well we all know that's like for it's like a folly Mm -hmm. it's like she's winning but for what like there's this other whole battle that needs to be fought and um yeah it's almost hard for to root for her like i i'm more inclined to root for jamie honestly if he's on the other side of it there's a character that i care about that i know is wrestling with all these kinds of different back and forth emotions and so like he's the character that i want to see sort of like come out of this and and have some sort of uh, greater meaning to it. I don't really care that Daenerys wins sort of like a battle in the field against right. a bunch of soldiers. Right, and especially for someone who actually cares about their home, that is Jamie's home, right. right? Like, even if it's a doomed fight, it makes more sense that we would root for him protecting the place where he grew up rather than Daenerys burning the place yeah. in a place, in a, in a uh, continent she never even lived on. Right, in, at a time when, like, hey, you need to like harvest those crops now because it's going to be a long winter. It's like, nah, I'm going to torch them. Yeah. Like, oh, you're really helping Daenerys. You're just such a great savior here. You know? Right. Um, so I don't know. I'd, it'd be nice if the show wrestles with a bit. I don't know that they will, but... Tyrion seems to bring that up a little bit mm-hmm. in, in the sixth season about why why would they support you who, you know... Uh, shouldn't you stay here? I mean, especially if her if her whole life's project is is preventing slavery, then wouldn't you stay in a place where slavery exists mm-hmm. or has existed and try to keep it away instead of going to a place that has no slavery? Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. They'll probably come up with a good reason. Yeah, and Tyrion still has a, a stronger connection with Jaime in the, in the show than he does in the books. So there's less there's a bunch some animosity in the books that's not really present in mm-hmm. the show. Other than him, Jamie probably being a little bit upset that he killed Tywin, but maybe he's over it. <laughs> <laughs> they get over such dramatic things in the show. <laughs> ah, you killed my dad. Whatever. Yeah. I still like you. You're my brother. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Maybe there will be something, crisis of conscience there. Be like, oh, this is actually somebody that I do care for. I don't want you to s- slaughter him just for this victory. I don't know. 
Yeah. Well, I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait for next for next Sunday to to see the show. Anything else that you feel like you need to say it now so that uh, you can go back and say like I told you so? Uh, I don't know. Not not really. I'm inclined to at this point. I'll let it. I'll let it wash over me. We'll see what happens. Um, I'll roll with roll with the punches. It's a wise uh, way to live. Do you feel the same, or do you have? Sure. No, I, I don't. I don't have okay. anything particular, and I would feel really abashed if I said something now. I'd be like, uh, I won't let things wash over me. I want to be right. <laughs> so, um, I think that's all I've gotten. Okay. Just full of anticipation. Yeah. So we'll have another episode next week. We'll try to stay on schedule. We are going to have some weird. Um, travel things involved on the on the behind the scenes here we'll get it worked out hopefully it won't make any difference to the listeners um but uh we'll try to stay on schedule um so the episode is going to premiere uh next sunday well when you're listening to this it'll just be a couple days away um and uh we'll try and do our our next episode um during that following week and get that up uh we'll, we'll still shoot for the fridays um We'll see the our first episode. We could have a little bit of a hiccup, but hopefully we'll right the ship soon enough if that's the case. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for that one. And we'll essentially do some of our uh, analysis the way we had been doing it for our previous episodes, but we'll just do it for one episode at a time for whatever the current one of the week is. And uh, yeah, we'll continue that way. So I guess to wrap up here, uh, thanks again for, for listening. We, as always, have our email address if you want to send us comments or compliments or corrections or anything like that i'm sure there's nothing to correct in the episodes and the things that we've said so far today um always right yeah that's the mummers farce podcast at gmail.com uh we are also on itunes and google play uh we you can find our our normal podcast website at the mummers farce dot dot com um and also we're on twitter mummers farce pod um, is the uh, the at handle there? So, be sure to uh, follow us on there for all kinds of show updates and anything else we come across. Okay, all right, Dan. I can't wait until next week. Yep, I'm very excited. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> it's taken so long. Yeah. All right, all I'll right. see you then. All right, bye. Bye.